Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I am your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Today I am joined by Nurse Jody and Nurse Michelle, and we are here for another edition of Q&A with the nurses. We are going to be featuring your questions and comments every Tuesday, so be sure to email those in to us at nurses at americaoutloud.com. And Jody, Nurse Michelle, welcome. Thank Hello, you. Kimberly. Thanks for good. coming on. I feel good like I haven't just talked to you in forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. interesting. We're gonna be we're gonna be featuring your questions and comments every Tuesday on these special QA episodes. So do be sure to get those emailed in. Um, we also we get a variety of questions on our social media posts, a lot of which go seem to go viral. So we get a lot of comments and questions. So we'll kind of be talking about a few of those as well. Um, where to start today? Did you Jody, did you have some you wanted to start with as well? Yeah, I actually wanted to start off with just um, actually a headline that was uh, uh, out of um, Concord, New Hampshire. A young nurse suffered cardiac arrest while training on the condition. Fellow nurses saved her. So this is a 23-year-old woman. I believe she was from Vietnam. She moved here in 2016 was staying with the family in Montana. She had just graduated school and wanted to specialize in cardiac care. Um, when she was a training this session on, I believe it was ACLS advanced cardiac life support training. And, um, she actually went into cardiac arrest and, and the nurses and the ER nurses, they, they had to come in and save her. She had no pulse in her femoral artery or her carotid. And they started CPR, did a code blue. And, um, you know, luckily the, the critical care team was nearby. Um, but yeah, they, they hooked her up to a defibrillator and started an IV line placed her on an oxygen. But here's the thing. There is no reason why she should have had a cardiac arrest. She says, I would say I'm your pretty average, healthy 23 year old. She goes to the gym four times a week, runs, eats well. She's on her feet 12, 13 hours a day. So she wanted to make sure sure she was in shape for that. She had no family history of um, any heart issues or anything like that. And this article makes absolutely no mention of um, her being vaccinated, um, which is not a shocker to us. 
But I mean, guys, what what do you think about this? This is I mean, nuts. We keep hearing this more and more. Right. We're, we're seeing this more and more every day with young, healthy people having heart attacks, like 14-year-olds um, having heart attacks on the football field. And uh, we're seeing this in, you know, and it's usually the healthier they are, I feel like the more likely they are to go down, unfortunately, with these heart-related conditions. And I actually posted this very article on social media, or actually it was posted. I saw it posted in a nursing group. I believe it was nurses with cards, potentially. Um, and I... Wait, I, hold on. Nurses with cards? Yeah, you remember that group? No, what does that mean? So nurses, nur with nurses with cards. If you remember a few years ago, maybe eight, might have been eight years ago or so, there was a senator and I, I'm, I don't remember what state she was in, but she suggested that like nurses uh, were playing cards like uh, on night shift, that they don't do anything, that they're not busy, that they just play cards all night long. Oh. <laughs> so they started this, I wish I could remember who it was. It was a really big um, controversial thing, which I mean, it was a ridiculous statement for her to make. Um, but, and she had many, many nurses actually offer to have her come in and shadow them for a shift. Uh, we'll, we'll show you exactly what we do on a shift. But anyway, they started this group called Nurses with Cards. Um, it was just kind of a, a running joke back in, uh, about, like I said, eight years ago or so. So anyway, but it's a, a large group. It's mostly nurses, not all nurses, but the large majority um, as a nursing population. And I actually will pull a lot of questions out of here as well, because I see these questions that are being posted by nurses and they're very concerning to me. Um, but anyway, before we get to that, I want to just address the the comment that I got when I put on there. I was like, well, nothing to see here. And, you know, I put my little emoji for the vaccine. Um, and I, I, got, I got this comment from Jane. Jane said, uh, I'm amazed how many people think the vaccine can do this, yet the viral protein itself must be harmless. Like, come on. It's almost certainly the virus itself. Okay. Letting it run so amok is arguably the greatest public health failure in modern history, and I don't say that lightly. Anecdotally, I can say that I had three shots, zero issues. Then I got the actual virus. Read that again. Then I got <laughs> the actual virus right. for the first time. Have had PACs and frequent PVCs since. Slowly improving, but it's been a year and a half and zero reinfections. I do wear a mask for other medical reasons, but I'd probably remask now even if I didn't. So I responded to her, you know, initially, and I stated, you know, that I never suggested that the viral protein itself couldn't, ha couldn't have caused it, right? But given the amount of vaccine injury that we have all been exposed to, in individuals who never even had COVID, think about Nikki Holland. Nikki Holland is severely adversely affected by the Moderna vaccine. She never even had COVID previous to that. Um, so I'm playing the odds, right? But I do agree with her statement that, you know, undoubtedly it was the greatest public health failure in the history. And that's because early treatment was suppressed. Right, right. They forced people into hospitals where they met untimely and unnecessary demise. But not because of the virus itself. I don't know how many times I've, I've made this statement, but it is the complete and total medical mismanagement of COVID-19. Deadly well, protocols. 
I just looked her up too. Andy Hoang is her name. There's a photograph of her inside the medical facility. She looks like she has the perfect BMI, not yep. doesn't look like she has an extra pound on her body above what her ideal body weight looks like the perfect picture of youth and beauty. And it says that she was in training at Dartmouth Hitch Hitchcock Medical Center. And it says that she's a recent nursing graduate. Okay. Yep. So we know yeah. something that happened. To we know we know that they're vaccinated. That they wouldn't have made it through their clinicals. Yes, exactly. We just came through the largest propaganda campaign that forced vaccines on nursing students. Nursing students all over this country felt compelled and like they were forced to do this. They're still being compelled and forced to do this right now. Everybody needs to be paying attention. Do not send your girls to school, the nursing students to school where they are pushing this COVID vaccine still on them. So we can have a 99% chance that she is vaccinated. And according to the data that Dr. McCullough is making uh, the um, America Out Loud audience aware of, if you the more times you get the vaccine and then you get the virus on top of that, you're just loading more and more spike on your body. So she started out maybe her first time getting COVID after and only after she was forced or um, compliantly got her COVID-19 vaccine. The data shows on the Pfizer documents that within the trials, it showed myocarditis and um, cardiac malfunction and damage to the heart muscle. So it, as Dr. McCullough says it, until proven otherwise, it is the vaccine. And that's what I see over and over again. And that's why I um, addressed that comment uh, after I read, because I had to read it and then reread it again, where she, she said she received the vaccine and then got COVID. Right. Three of them. Right. Three of them. And then she began having frequent PVCs. And I, I just asked her, I said, I'm unsure why you wouldn't think that the vaccine could somehow be related. You know, we've seen many, many people who got vaccinated, developed COVID in spite of that. They then developed this myriad of symptoms that they label long COVID. But when in all reality, it's likely vaccine injury. And I made that comment to her and she said, well, I didn't get a vaccine injury eight months later by stunning coincidence immediately after getting the actual virus. Um, you know, and, and, uh, she just would not have any anything about the vaccine causing something. And um, I had another commenter that said, you know, it's likely not worth arguing with these people. Hashtag vaccine save lives. So, yeah. Yeah. Looking on Dartmouth's website, um, they are recommending masks for their employees right now. So there we are. We have that fact. Going also down below, they say that um, the vaccine effectiveness, the CDC has performed many studies to measure how effective the COVID-19 vaccine is for protecting people from infection and severe Ill illness. Learn more about it here. So they're not doing anything to educate their own clientele, yeah. their own staff. They're just putting out the mantra that takes them to the CDC that doesn't tell them anything other than what the, the present propaganda is about this vaccine. And it says we're monitoring the vaccine effectiveness and here's the one little button you can push to prove to you that this is um, effective and safe for you. Just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's like, first of all, what what is the difference between the the virus getting it naturally? You get the whole entire virus, not the spike protein manufacturing virus that just manufactures the spike, only the spike. The worst part of the the virus right is the spike the w very worst part and that's the one that they put into the injection to be uh 
spike manufacturer, you know, um, that just keeps on manufacturing it in your body. And that's what we're seeing is that there's no timeline to say, okay, well, I've had it. I think I'm completely safe now. We don't know that. We don't know that because we're seeing, unfortunately, people uh, even here recently, I've seen a couple of people that didn't have any issues were vaccinated with one, two or maybe one booster um, back, you know, in the early, early uh, days of the rollout and they didn't have any issues and then they suddenly died. They suddenly died. So there's, to me, I don't think that there's any timeline. And as far as I know that this um, spike protein is keep, just keeps manufacturing in the body. And if you're not, especially if you're not doing anything to, to detox. Well, here's the thing also, when you hear something like this makes the news, all that makes the news is the shocking story that's supposed to make you so afraid to go out and go get a vaccine and a absolute onslaught of fact checkers who are going to make sure that what we're all talking about right here, make sure that you know you have no facts to support what you claim could be the vaccine. But they don't provide any citations, nor do they follow up with these stories right. and tell us, oh, you know, she had a full cardiac workup and she doesn't have any congenital heart disease or any predisposing reasons why this should have happened to her. And we're looking into that COVID vaccine, being that there's some data on it. We will never hear that come back oh. about this case. This case will just disappear into oblivion, but that girl will have to live the rest of her life with a per- very likely permanently damaged heart. I mean, she had a heart attack. Yeah, right? exactly. And you know, it really concerns me is that when you look at, you're looking in the comments and very few of them are, I think I was actually the only one that maybe mentioned anything about the COVID vaccine. It's, oh, that's so sad. Oh, prayers, you know, that, that sort of thing, which is great, but why are we normalizing 23-year-olds having heart? I feel like we're coming very apathetic. And, you know, as a society, we're just thinking that this is somehow normal. We're seeing a lot, too, in the news feeds about um, cardiomyopathy and how young people are affected by this. And these are things that we've never really seen before, right, until uh, suddenly in the last couple of years. And I feel like this is just another attempt to normalize this and make people think that this has been happening all along. Yeah, uh, I've, I've lived more than half of 100 years and I've never heard this in the news before. Exactly. I mean, that's not to say that it's um, it's impossible. Of course, anybody can have a heart attack at any age. Anybody can have a stroke at any age. We get that. But not in these numbers, not in the numbers that we've been seeing over the last two years. And there's still been no investigation. They're not doing the studies. The, listen, these products should have been pulled from the market, I mean, a year ago. A year ago there have been millions injured so many people have died and nobody's looking at this data we know theirs only captures one percent they are drastically underreported so with theirs only capturing one percent of these injuries and many of them being in like the millions can you imagine how catastrophic we're really looking at i truly believe we've only scratched the surface well, going to openvares.com right now, it says that there's 2.5 million reports of vaccine adverse events on the VAERS documented already. 36,000 plus vaccine reported deaths, 45,000 total total reported deaths. I'm not sure what the difference in those two vaccine reported versus total reported. But I mean, this is a tremendous number of and that's 1%, 1% reporting. Right. So we, we know we are at catastrophic lo- levels. I actually saw a picture. It was interesting. Um, there was a picture. It was supposedly um, depicted all of the celebrities 
we lost in 2023. I'm going to have to share that on my socials later. Um, but I mean, there was a lot and a lot of very young, otherwise pretty healthy celebrities that we lost over this past year. Um, so just seeing it uh, depicted in that way, it was, it was pretty daunting, the number. And you just have to wonder. I know. I'll, I'll have to do a look up and see how many we have while you're going into some other Q&As. Yeah. Because, right, it seems like it's always in the news. Yeah, exactly. And it's like nobody is, nobody's connecting the dots. And to me, it's, it's so clear. And I just don't understand how nurses, nurses, right? We're supposed to be, um, we're renowned for our critical thinking skills, right? At this point, at this point, how can we, how can you not be questioning? I, right. I, don't, I don't understand. It's, it's wild. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's absolutely wild. Sorry, my microphone was away from me. Um, I, I, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because every time I get in a conversation with people, you know, especially like I was saying on my travels, you know, um, for a month and, and I brought my cards and try to pass out information to people when the time was right and appropriate. And they'd ask questions and, and then, and I'm like, okay, but you have to understand this is a huge web of deceit, huge. So it's not like it's a linear conversation. Like we have got to, you know, go off onto so many different tracks and, and talk about things because it was just so well thought out how they, how they propagandize people. Right. And as nurses, like when is the last time you remember having to get six or seven boosters? For right. Right. So at this point, like, why are you, for, okay, first of all, they're not effective. We've known since very early on that it doesn't prevent transmission, right? So why do we continue to get it? And they say, well, we, we don't get it because we think it's going to prevent transmission. We get it so we don't die. But wow. you don't even know how you would do without it. And if you had just gotten early treatment, you probably would have done just fine. It's That's the problem is that we're letting it go, letting it go, letting it go. And then people are being hospitalized. And that's the whole other chapter of this, this story is that, you know, I, th I feel like it's just kind of two separate things. I feel like it was the vaccine rollout that I think was getting more people infected with COVID, if, if you ask me. And then it was the actual like hospital protocol deaths. It feels like two separate things, but it's just one larger evil plan. Um, but it's really difficult to get through the level of indoctrination of some of these nurses. And I, I myself, listen, I, up before three years ago, I was very pro-vaccine. and actually had in my Facebook memories um, about a week ago, I saw a post and I was so ashamed of it because I was talking about, you know, get vaccinated and, and all of this stuff. And I was part of the problem for a long time, right? So I, yeah. I try to give some grace, but at the same time, I'm like, after three years and seven boosters and people are still getting COVID six, seven, eight times versus my natural immunity, I've had it, I, I was a one and done. At what point as nurses, are we going to ask a question? Are, we, are, are those critical thinking skills going to kick in? And like I've pointed out to so many of these nurses that like to berate me on social media, um, you know, I ask all the time, I'm like, well, what is your education on vaccines, because as a nurse, I know that mine was safe, effective and necessary. And that's all. Mm -hmm. And I think people, many nurses would be surprised at how little they actually know about them. I encourage people all the time to go take the quiz at vaccinequiz.org. And then I ask them, I'm like, just go take this really quick quiz. And then if you wouldn't mind, share your score with me. And no shame, 
no shame. And if you don't do well and you, because I mean, had I not been in this realm, I would have done horribly because I had no idea about the types of uh, things that were in these, even in these vaccines. Right. But, yeah. but we are, you know, as nurses, we were encouraging, I have vaccinated untold numbers of babies and I'm sitting here left to wonder how many I've injured. So it's a, it's, I have a really difficult time with that. Um, and maybe it's easier for people to keep their head down and not see because they don't want that guilt and shame. I don't know. Yeah. Are we just compartmentalizing? And these nursing students that are the, my, like my daughter who graduated in 2020 from nursing school. I'm sorry, she graduated in 2023. These are nurses that have been indoctrinated. They, they teeth, they're going to be teething as nurses on a post COVID era and they will be normalizing massive amounts of vaccines because that will be all they know. Like I, I, I broke my teeth in nursing on the AIDS epidemic. That's what happened in the 1980s. That's the big thing that happened. So all of us were so big about the blood and body precautions and making sure that those needles were in those needle boxes and how important it was to not let yourself get stuck. I mean, it was always important, but it was even so much more important. These, these nursing students that are coming out now are going to be so normalizing vaccines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just, but the the level of indoctrination, I'll, I'll read you another comment I got um, when I was just talking about how, um, about the vaccines and, and uh, how I really was awakened to it. Uh, this uh, George, he said, uh, wrong, wrong, a thousand times wrong, pure lies and bogus information, all directly from the conspiracy theorist anti-vaccine slash anti-science playbook. God help us all if you're an RN. I'm a very proud RN. Thank you very much, George. Um, mm -hmm. in, in, in his new book, The Deadly Rise of Anti-Science, Baylor physician and vaccine researcher, Dr. Peter Hotez, and I, I used to have to chuckle right there, but he compellingly writes of the nonsense you and others spew. As I mentioned elsewhere here, I've had six shots, six shots, and I'm perfectly well and healthy. First of all, you are not perfectly well, sir. With no microchips implanted, no government can track me, nor any DNA alteration. I'll be tracking him to see, hopefully he does well. I don't wish ill on anybody, but we'll see how he does. But I asked him very nicely, I said, you know, George, we're always looking for nurses with a different opinion to join us on air and have a respectful discussion. I said, let me know if you're interested. And, you know, he said, thanks, but no thanks. I'd rather have surgery without being anesthetized. <laughs> 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 the flag the person is holding tells me MAGA, QAnon, or both. It's the American flag on my shirt, people. It is the American flag. So the American flag says, the American flag says MAGA, QAnon, or both. And there is no rational discussion whatsoever to be had with the anti-vaccine, anti-science cabal. Wow. I can't. <laughs> yeah, somebody, I, I did a post and uh, I actually, oh, it's, it said uh, no one, not a single one of us regrets taking it. In fact, we've yes, been coming yes. recently grateful that we didn't take it. And uh, a guy by the name of Eric said, y'all literally acting like the dumbass anti-vaxxer community. And I said to him, you must have gotten you. You must have got the shot and got COVID more than five times. But hey, you're not dead. So right. Mm -hmm. And and somebody posted on there. Oh, she's like, what's the matter? Are you feeling angry because you fell for the propaganda and we didn't? And then 
somebody else said, Eric, are you new to Jody? Bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny. That's that same post that you are referencing. I actually posted that as well. And I got like maybe, I mean, there were over 400 likes, many, many comments on there. And the one that stood out to me was actually a, it was comments from, um, it was a friend of mine. I was a friend of mine that we were friends for 30 years. 30 years. He actually unfriended me on Facebook, which to me was heartbreaking. I couldn't believe it. He actually was saying that I was a, um, oh. oh, he said I was a, uh, I was fear He said I was fear mongering by talking about vaccine injury and what could potentially happen. I was like, no, I'm not fear mongering, but I am trying to inform and educate people about the, re- the very real risks. Well, anyway, he he unfriended me a while back, but obviously still follows me because he commented on this particular post. And, you know, I was, I had mentioned about, again, how I had walked away from my career. And he's like, well, you know, but some of us didn't have a choice. Uh And, you know, I, I sympathize, I do, with people who are placed in that situation. I have a lot of grace and understanding and I've never shamed anybody who made that decision. They, if they made that decision and that was the best decision for their family, that's fine. But to say you didn't have a choice is not true. Because yeah. I, I didn't have, you didn't have either, Jody, um, the financial means to, to do this, to walk away from our careers. No, we didn't right. have a choice. Um, you know, I said, and I told him, I said, listen, I leaned heavily on my faith. Um, there was no way that I could continue to do something that was so morally and ethically wrong um, and, and still be able to sleep at night. And I just told him, I said, you know, a God's provisions have carried me through. And he was like, well, I'm a believer too, but God doesn't pay the bills. Ooh. Oh, wow. Ooh. I'm, I'm like, Mel, God <laughs> is a way maker. <laughs> okay. Here's some so, content for you, Jody. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, those are fighting words. <laughs> yeah. I actually really want to, I, you know, and I, I and you know, I'm going to tell you, I love this guy. He's been my friend for years. I love him. I'm saddened. I'm very saddened by, by the fact that he felt the need to unfriend me. Um, I'm very sad and that after knowing me for 30 years and being, I mean, we're all good friends and being such a good friend that he would think that of me. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, it was heartbreaking to me, but I'm actually thinking about inviting him on my show because he consistently still comments on my um, stuff and has tr- pretty strong opinions on it. Now, his wife, who is also a very good friend of mine, who also unfortunately unfriended me, um, um, is disabled. So he was like, I need to, I needed to make this choice to get it to, you know, support my, my wife and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I don't, it's not that I don't sympathize, but I don't empathize because again, we didn't really have the means to do it either, but we figured it out. Um, I like, I like, we trusted, we trusted trusted God. We trusted God. That's why that's a difference. Yeah. And like, I, I like to tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, you can't support your family if you're dead either. So, or if you're, or if you're disabled yourself. And mm-hmm. that's what's happened to so many people is they have either unfortunately met an early demise or they um, are disabled to the point where they cannot work. So, I mean, thinking of it like that, like there's always going to be other jobs. I was, I supported myself before I was a nurse. I will support myself long after. Um, there's always a way to figure these things out, but I'm thinking about inviting them on the show. What do you guys think? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think I find it interesting how he unfriended you. Mm-hmm. but he still follows you. Yeah. yeah. 
I was, I was like, so, okay. <laughs> that's evidence that we need to make sure our audience understands how important it is to share content. Be, you know, it may come across that you're the obnoxious person that keeps on dropping Nurses Out Loud or America Out Loud news clips or podcast clips, but you just never know when the truth finally breaks through for somebody. Right. 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 And, I, and that's what I'm, my hope is, right, is that we can just have a conversation. I, I just want to have conversations. But I think, and, and the interesting thing about this particular friend of mine, um, and I'll still go, I, I consider him my friend, whether he unfriended me or not. Um, I have nothing but love for him, for his wife. Um, I love you both. If you're listening, you're probably not. But <laughs> but if you are, I love you both. Um, but the thing about it is, is that I hope that by sharing and, and that I will break through to people. Please don't get any more of these shots. Please don't get any more. I don't, you know, I mean, what else do we, what do we do or say? Because people are on their seventh boosters at this point. And it's just, I, I'm just hoping that, you know, you never know when people are going to wake up to the truth. So we've, it's so important that we do keep putting it out there. But the interesting thing about it is this a particular friend of mine was very like-minded other than this. So it yeah. just goes to show you how deep that fear and that propaganda uh, permeated into the minds of people who are just very like-minded. Yeah. You know, I just went ahead and looked up how many celebrities have actually died in 2023. Mm -hmm. it, it would be something that people who are really into stats should really get a good article up and, and write about it. But um, when you look at that list, when you look at there's 87 that they that most of them look like they're contending died this last year. So 87 celebrities did. But what will happen as you're scrolling through that? If somebody's like 70 plus 80, 90, something like that, like Bob Barker was 99, you'll just scroll right past that and say, well, he died of old age. And I remember even when my dad got decided to get the vaccine, he's 76. Five when he decided to get the vaccine and his cardiologist said, well, you, you're high risk. You definitely need to get that vaccine. And I said, and here's the problem, daddy, you already have pre-existing medical conditions that if you do die from a heart attack in the next year or two, they'll just you know wipe it off, swipe it off and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was an older man with um, cardiac issues and that's why he died. But sitting here on this same list are a lot of people in their 30s, 40s and 50s with unlisted causes of death. I mean, Shanae O'Connor, nothing compares to you. I mean, a classic song of the 80s. I love it. Same age as me, 56 years old. She's dead and she's not here anymore. And, um, you know, there's several other young people on this list that you will go ahead and stop your scrolling and you'll want to see what was the reason. And every single time I've come to a young face, there's not a reason. It'll say died suddenly or um, nothing at all. So should be a red flag to all of us. Right. Absolutely. I mean, let's let's start looking. And you know, one one that I found suspicious um, from the very beginning was um, Bob Saget um, from Full House and uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. If you remember, um, yeah. he died earlier this. I think it was either late last year or early this year. I can't remember. Um, but they said he at, he fell. They said he fell and he hit his head and he may have died from that. But they said when they found him, an, our initial report said that he was clutching his chest. Oh so my. was he clutching his chest and then fell and then hit his head? And, and that could very well be what killed him. What was the root know. cause of his fall? Was, exactly. can, we, can we go back and like, let's look at what led to this? Um, We're all crime junkies. That's what we really yeah. are. We want, so, you we, know, want we, to, we want to dig a little deeper, right? Um, so yeah, I don't think that 
or even Matthew Perry, you know, who, yes, had a history of uh, alcohol and drug abuse, but was uh, had been clean for quite some time, I believe, and the, the toxicology reports showed no drug and alcohol in his system after he uh, died and drowned in his hot tub. So it, mm. and he, we know he was vaccinated because he was very, very vocal. Um, he had that T-shirt on, um, could I be any more vaccinated? So he was definitely uh, into that propaganda, which really disappointed me because, gosh, I'm a big Friends fan. <laughs> um, being of Gen X, you know, we, we loved our friends and um, certainly very sad. I was very saddened by his death. But it was sad to me that, you know, these people are pushing the propaganda, these celebrities, where they're just really shells for big pharma. I mean, seriously, what did they know about any of this to be promoting it? Nothing. Right. I know. I watch a woman who's, um, she does fashion for people 70 plus. And I was so brokenhearted when she ran an ad for Moderna and how important it is to go out and go get your up-to-date Moderna ad, uh, vaccine. But there were, and she turned off all comments on it. And I thought, yeah, I guess that's what you got to do when you know you're doing something for money. Yeah. And and it's a shame that you're doing it for money. I, w- I would love to know how much money they got paid as an influencer because nobody came asking me if I would say it. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I think I think a lot of people know better than to come ask the nurses, especially the ethical nurses, to do things like that. I, I don't think I anybody's going to be knocking down our door uh, to do stuff like that because they absolutely know. But we're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be back here shortly. We'll get. We have so much more to dig into. Uh, these comments are fantastic. Love it. <laughs> America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network, and you can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa, 24-7, great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including a SEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. We'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop. Look for ASEA cell signaling molecules liquid supplement and check out nurse michelle's recent favorite asia product renew 28 revitalizing redox gel because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when i broke my hip give it a try for your aches and pains and let nurses out loud hear how your health has improved World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. 
Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, we are here with Nurse Michelle. Uh, Nurse Jody had to jump off. Unfortunately, we lost her uh, for the last half of this call, but we're here with Nurse Michelle. And we are doing your Q&A with the nurses. So we're looking at questions that you've either sent in or sometimes we'll look at questions that we we see on social media in different groups or in our on our posts um, specifically. And, and we just kind of analyze that and answer them um, as best as we can. But so before the break, we were talking about uh, some comments, some pretty um, interesting comments that I was receiving on um, on my my comment about the fact that I thought that that um, young 23 year old who had a heart attack, that it may be related to the vaccine. So I've gotten some pretty ugly feedback for for making that connection, unfortunately. But anyway, my good buddy George here, I read his comments earlier to you today, who's a big fan of the compelling Dr. Peter Hotez. Um, But I want to read another one of his comments just because I think they're comical. 
It says, uh, Kimberly, assuming you're an RN, I've received the same education as you has you have on vaccines. So safe, effective, and necessary. Correct, George? Yeah, that's exactly right. The <laughs> difference is that I believe in life-saving vaccines. You don't. I believe in science. You don't. The two Penn scientists who have been awarded this year's Nobel Prize for their groundbreaking research in mRNA technology two decades ago kind of says it all, doesn't it? Millions of lives have been saved since December of 2020 due to this technology, which by the way, as some Looney Tunes conspiracy theorists suggest, it did not happen too fast, by the way. I shared your utterly disgraceful and joke of a website over at LinkedIn. I'm beyond incredulous that you're not only probably violating federal law and IRS regs, raising money with your so-called nonprofit, selling snake oil supplements. I don't sell any supplements, George. But anyway, uh, well, that's just ta that's just taking charlatanism to a whole new level. Lastly, since you seem to have to make use of the terms such as Christian and God, you might want to heed the advice of Pope Francis, who said nearly three years ago that it's everyone's moral, moral responsibility to get the COVID vaccine. And George over here could not agree more. What do you think about that, Michelle? Yeah, I think that preachers and uh, religious authorities are not science authorities. And I do think that they went out of their appropriate wheelhouse to do what they did. Now, I do think religious authorities should have been speaking up to talk about bodily autonomy and the body is a temple of God. And that if you have a conscience leading you away from it, that you should be listening to the conscience to protect your temple. So I, I do think that that's ridiculous that he threw that down on you. Um I, I don't appreciate that religious authorities, ca you know, came out and did what they did. Yeah. Um, there was something else that he said that stood out to me that was an, another shocking statement. It was right at the end. I wish I could remember exactly how he put it, but maybe say what was that one right before was, the was it the one about th that uh, millions of lives have been saved since December of 2020 due to this technology? That one. Yeah, I think it was re referencing the fact that everybody ought to do it. Well. I would say to you, oh, yeah, more all of you, yeah, if all of you did it, just like I said to all those nurses in the hospital in Maine, they said, well, you have an obligation to me, the pay. They said, I, as a patient, had an obligation to protect them when they came in the room. And I said, didn't you get your COVID-19 vaccine? Mm -hmm. And they said, yes. I said, okay, well, then if it's not protecting you, why are you getting it? Exactly. No. And the shot doesn't prevent transmission. It doesn't prevent transmission. So what difference does it make? How is it my moral responsibility to get a shot that doesn't prevent transmission anyway? If 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 it does what they're saying, which I don't even think it does that much, if what they're saying is true, then I'm getting it to lessen my illness, right? So I don't die is what they're saying. Um, yeah, the story just keeps on changing. How does that help anybody else? Exactly. The story uh, keeps on changing. What's his name again? What his was, name is what was, George. Yeah, George, I would tell you, you ought to probably listen to what happened to me in the hospital in Maine because, you know, it's a very heavily vaccinated state of Maine. And um, I was informed that the largest, not only was the largest exodus of medical professionals that happened in 21 and 22 because of this mandate. So that hospital was left with less nurses that lived in the community working. So they were having to bring contract nurses in who don't know the doctors locally. I couldn't get answers from doctors because the doctors, the hospitalists were also contracted into the hospital. So they didn't have skin in the game for the local community or knowing their way around that facility or the people that were in authority in that city, um, in that facility. But 
what was so shocking is that here I was the patient, I was still fresh out of the OR after an emergency surgery. And they thought it was important to bring in the white coats to kind of intimidate me into saying, well, ma'am, you're going to have to wear a mask. I had oxygen on, you know, I needed air. So the last thing that would have been wise for any medical professional who was really using their head would have been to tell me to put a mask on, but yet that's what they were doing. And I reminded them that I had been informed of the mass exodus, that so many of you are actually contracted. I'm reminded that you are all vaccinated and either your vaccine worked or not. And then I took it a step further and I said, it looks like you're wearing an N95 mask and um, that's not your regular paper mask that's useless. But even that N95 mask, I have 170 studies that show the harms and ineffectiveness for you. But here's the deal. If you're wearing your N95, yeah, if you're wearing that N95 mask into my room, why am I obligated to protect you? If you're vaccinated and wearing an N95 mask, good grief. What could I give you if that mask is so effective? And here's right? the thing, and this is what bothered me from day one and what had me questioning everything is why are we wearing that same N95 mask from a COVID patient room into a non-COVID patient room? You know, that is, you know, infection control policy has never allowed for anything like that to happen because what we were doing was spreading COVID to everybody. That's what yeah. we were doing. Um, yeah. So Just it was absolutely ridiculous it. from the beginning. But, well, anyway, those are interesting would, comments from my friend, George. Yeah, George, I would just say <laughs> that nice. the George more you listen so to Kimberly, just listen to Kimberly a little bit longer, um, your mind will start to open up and you'll be surprised what you'll be telling us in a year. And you'll say that you're probably I, on our as well. I don't, I don't know. He's, he's, he's like, I mean, his level of indoctrination is really, really, really deep. I don't know that there's any hope for George. But another, another comment he made was that another work of fiction put forth by the anti-vaccine conspiracy theorists is vaccine injury. So. Wow. Maybe well, I should just, you know what, I think I should tag Nurse Michelle on this post and just let you have Adam. I mean, I really feel like that. <laughs> yeah, was, what a platform is he talking to you on? Facebook. Yeah, that is just, I'm amazed at people's um, extreme arrogance on the topic, especially if they even think they're medical, exactly. to even imply that anything at all is perfect. Like, are you kidding me? Any, you don't, a stethoscope could probably kill you if you wore it a certain way wrong around your neck. There's nothing and you, and you fall. I mean, I'm sure it's, I mean, I'm, I'm being ridiculous to make the ridiculous point, meaning everything that we put in our patient's mouth or in a needle can potentially harm them exactly. because we all made differently. Everybody has a different fingerprint. They are not the same. I can eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich and enjoy myself. And a person allergic to peanut butter is could die. Exactly. So it's absurd to assume that every aspirin kills people, George. Uh, mm -hmm. Tylenol kills people. It's the leading reason why we have liver transplants. I'm telling you, I but, really think I, I feel like I should unleash you on on George. I really do. <laughs> Sometimes I get into a mood, and it is kind of a sport game. So, I was yeah. hopeful. I was hopeful he would come on, but you know, it didn't surprise me that he wouldn't want to come on and have any type of a rational discussion because honestly, they have no leg to stand on, um, and he would not survive five minutes in here with the nurses. <laughs> I wish we could get some of the dancing nurses to come on here that were making oh, all the. I know. Videos. Because you don't yeah. see anybody getting interviewed by the mainstream media saying, we want to hear all of y'all's stories from when y'all were do y'all were celebrity dancing nurses. Why is the mainstream media not wanting them? Why is nobody talking about them? Yeah. And why do we want them on our show? We want them on our show because we want to hear the indoctrination that led them to that and the truth 
about how they had time to create those um, choreographed dances, because we think it's because you had no patience and you had nothing to do because most nurses are so busy, they barely get a chance to eat, much less take a potty break. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll see. Stay tuned for more comments from George. I'm sure he's not done yet. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to make George a regular contributor to our show. <laughs> oh, George. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, so another question that I found, and this is in that group I referenced earlier, nurses with cards, which is, again, a, a large group of uh, mostly nurses. So oftentimes people will ask questions of the group um, and sometimes they'll post anonymously because as we all know, nurses are not known to be the kindest. Sometimes they're not even kind to one another, right? Um, but the nurse asked, can a Jehovah's Witness nurse refuse to give a patient a blood transfusion because they don't believe in it? They being the nurse doesn't believe in, in blood transfusion, not the patient. Interesting. Oh, oh, yeah. What is your comment on that, Michelle? Yeah. So all this existing time that has preceded COVID, where we have had the right to be able to expect certain religious groups to have opinions against, let's say, blood products or anything particularly, most of us, even us nurses, were trained that it was only this small set of religious groups fringe groups, let's just say, that would um, dare to be anti-science and that we nurses were going to have to face helping these anti-science religions be able to make themselves submit to medical procedures against their conscience, right? Mm -hmm. So we were informed about that probably in our ethics classes when we were in nursing school. But here we are dealing with people realizing, waking up to the reality that if you, you, you could be a religious person of yourself, there are people that are totally just self-worshippers, you know, that if you think it's against yourself, your own body, you, you don't feel like it's good for you and your conscience tells you not to do it. You don't even need a religious organization to say no. not to do it. No, exactly. We should just be able to, a simple declination, no, thank you. I don't want this injected in my body. But this one is not the patient refusing. It's the nurse not wanting to do it because the nurse is a Jehovah's Witness. And, you know, I was always taught in my nursing ethics um, you know, we're taught to separate, we need to separate our own beliefs and auto it's about autonomy, right? So we're not to push our own beliefs on the patient. If the patient doesn't have any issue with it, if the patient is informed and the patient is deciding that they want that blood transfusion, well, it isn't about the nurse. It isn't about the nurse. Now, so yes, you should be absolutely respecting the wishes of your patient as long as they are informed. Um, I don't think that there's, you know, you there's not anything in place that would protect the nurse if she wanted to refuse to give that. But I don't think there's any problem if she didn't feel comfortable doing it, asking another nurse to swap assignments or something, or even just to ask another nurse to um, hang the blood product. You know, I think that that would be fine. But to right. um, I mean, that to me, that would be patient abandonment if she didn't have anybody to switch. You know what I mean? And it's again, it's not about you as the nurse. It's about your patients. What do they want? What do they need? And right. we're to support them. That is autonomy. Now, it's a little bit different than like, say, for example, um, administering a, a drug that you know is harmful. I'm not going to administer a drug that I, is knowingly harmful to a patient. My daughter was a nurse who was asked to hang remdesivir while a student nurse and her and she felt really stressed about that because she knew her mom was out there teaching about it. 
And she says, mom, I felt like it was one of those very bad ethical situations where I felt like I was going to actually hang something that I believe was going to be harmful to the patients. It went against my conscience. So likewise, this um, Jehovah Witness nurse believes that blood is if she believes it's potentially harmful to the patient based on her own belief system, then she's morally obligated to be able to express her opinion. I think that that still applies, that she should express her moral feelings about that, perhaps about get informed consent for the patient. You know, this is what they say are the risks with blood products. But, you know, the chance of that is a very low percentage. But I'm a Jehovah Witness, and I believe that this is another reason why you might want to reconsider this blood product. Here's some alternatives. And then the patient still is getting informed consent from a Jehovah Witness nurse. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think, I mean, that, I guess that would be fine. I, I think as long as we're giving the informed consent, although I, I don't know, I just, I, I feel like it's, there's a really, it's a really thin line there, you know, about pushing our religious beliefs onto our patients. Like, I really, I do, I do feel like there should be some separation there. Now, if she feels that uncomfortable, she feels like it's going to be harmful in some way, then, like I said, maybe she gets another nurse to do it or, um, but I, I just, I don't know. I think that we should be giving, certainly giving them all of the information and may, like, allowing them to make their informed decision without our bias. I don't think we should be taking our bias to the bedside with us. That's just my opinion, though. Well, my bias when I was a labor and delivery nurse that I was anti-abortion, but I was a labor and delivery nurse and it was in a private hospital where abortions did occur, therapeutic abortions did occur. And I was informed by the people in charge that, oh, you little miss new nursey Michelle, you may think you can get out of um, running one of these abortions as a nurse and getting assigned that by the pre by the charge nurse. But your day's coming. You're going to have to do it. And I'm telling you, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> over my dead body, I'm not going to be participating in that whatsoever. And some, I have told my story, one of my shocking stories, I think on one of the Q&As, where I just was involved in putting the dead body into a uh, vat of the chemicals for it to be studied in the lab. Okay. And that alone harmed my conscience. I, I felt like I violated myself even with a deceased body, because I had seen him die. He, he died in my hands. And then a doctor came in and asked me to put his body into the water, into the fluid. So, so I don't know. I think that every nurse is, and I changed my jobs. I went to a place yeah. that did not do private abortions in the hospital. I and if that's, she wasn't that's one, important, that's what, yeah. that's what, it, what we need to do is like, because I would be in the same, I'm very pro-life. I, I don't believe in abortion and I would not want to participate in an abortion, we actually had this conversation in while I was in nursing school, and I was shocked to find out that I wouldn't be able to like ask to not participate in that and that it would be considered patient abandonment. And I ensured that I would never be in a position. Now, would I care for a, um, uh, a, a woman who had an abortion and then had a complication? I absolutely would. I would care for that patient no matter what, but I would not want to actively participate in an abortion. But like you said, you have to remove yourself from that situation. Yeah, um, there's no doubt all of us, we're ethical nursing, we're required to act ethically. But if something about our specific religious preferences could potentially get in the way, like if you know a hospital is going to be performing abortions, then that's not the right hospital for you to work at. And I worked for right. two of them. One of them was a state hospital. One of them was a private hospital. And I had other hospitals that would never have participated, never done that. So I ended up being a charge nurse on that kind of hospital 
where I was able to assign didn't mean that women did not come in post-abortion or in need, like a deceased baby is not the same thing as an abortion. People don't realize that we, right. we have babies that die in utero and we have to have what's called a DNC. The baby's dead already. But when we do DNCs with a live baby, that's a different kind of abortion. So it's it, different areas of nursing, like in the ICU, you worked in the ICU. There were specific things that may have happened there that you may have ethically had a problem with that you just had to make a call on what am I going to do if I end up with that patient, right? But probably it wouldn't have been abortion. Abortion wouldn't have been happening in an ICU. Right, right. Hopefully not. And I, but I think that's important. And it's also important to understand that you can go to your, um, you know, your other nurses uh, that are working with you and, and see about, you know, having them. But understand that there are no, you know, laws or any protections for a nurse who feels, you know, religiously or ethically compromised. There, There isn't any law that will protect you or your license. So, um, you know, outside of getting somebody to swap an assignment with you or to hang that product, um, you're, you're not um, exempted from that. So it is, again, important to really research the type of facility you're working at and maybe don't put yourself in those types of positions. But I, I think it's important to remember it's always about the patient in the bed, uh, not about the healthcare workers. Yes. Well, I think that's about all the time that we have for today. Michelle, thanks for coming, uh, coming on. Yeah, sure thing. Enjoyed it. All right, friends. But remember, we're here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. And you can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. We are going to walk you through all of these hot topics. We will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. You can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time